On today's episode of the Shoot It Straight podcast, I'm interviewing my friend, Kate Hyde. We are talking all about something that's super important that we both highly recommend you take care of in the first quarter when your season is slow, and that is updating your website. Now, before you roll your eyes and hit skip and move on, because this is not a super exciting topic, just give me a second. Kate and I are talking through some really great things that you need to look at and really easy ways to tackle this homework assignment, this project, if you will. And she's got a couple of really great free resources that she shares about in the episode. Plus, as a business owner, this is just part of things that we need to do. And here's the thing. It's quiet right now in business. You've got the time and the mental bandwidth and the energy. So give this episode a listen. And hopefully it will inspire you to sit down and do these website updates so that Google can be bringing you your ideal clients all year long. Welcome to the Shoot It Straight podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Gebhardt. Here, I will share an honest take on what it's like to be a female creative entrepreneur while balancing business, motherhood, and life. Myself, along with my guests, will get vulnerable through honest conversations and relatable stories because we're willing to go there. If you're trying to find balance in this exciting place you're in, yet willing to talk about the hard stuff too, the Shoot It Straight podcast is here to share practical and tangible takeaways to help you shoot it straight. Welcome back to the Shoot It Straight podcast, friends. Today, I'm chatting with my friend, Kate. And I'm really excited to dive into what we're talking about today. But because of late, I have been forgetting to allow my guests to introduce themselves. (laughs) I'm going to just, we're going to jump right in and I'm going to have you introduce yourself so that I don't forget that really important step. So my friend, tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm Kate with Dear Kate Brand Strategy. My last name is Hyde. It's not spelled like it sounds at all. So I hardly ever use it publicly, but um, (laughs) I have Dear Kate Brand Strategy. I have the How You Pictured It podcast. I am a website designer and website coach. I'm a photographer too, but like leaning into the website stuff more and more these days because it fits with our family life more. Um, Launching a show at Template Shop, Shop very soon. Very excited about that. And that's kind of all about me. Yeah, you have a lot going on and I have loved watching the shift, the slow shift in your business and changes. And um, I have been doing the same. I know we have a lot of mutual friends that have been doing the same. I think that's just what comes with businesses that are getting older and kids that are getting older. And like you said, it fits, fits with your household and your life. And that's what part of being an entrepreneur is like making pivots when we need to. And that's so awesome. So I'm really excited for you. A couple of months ago, you shared online. I don't remember where. I just remember, obviously I follow you everywhere, but you shared somewhere something about how website updates um, were a great thing to work on early in the year. And I think maybe you shared a list of them or something like that. I immediately DM'd you and was like, we need to talk about this on the podcast. Website updates are one of those things that we all know we need to do and we put off a lot of times or ignore, just keep our head in the sand, kind of like bookkeeping. I feel like website updates and bookkeeping go hand in hand (laughs) for creatives, especially. Um, So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I know that you're going to give our audience some really great homework and I can't wait to see um, and hear about that. So we're officially in the first quarter most photographers, creative business owners were officially in slow season. We are getting a break from a lot of that client work. We're getting less inquiries. 
that doesn't mean that we should just drop everything and take a sabbatical from our entire business. Although side note, if you want to take a sabbatical and you need one, please do. Okay. I'm not saying don't, but a lot of people just immediately say, Oh, okay. I don't have anything on my calendar. I don't have any inquiries coming in and they either panic or they just kind of walk away a little bit. And that's not a bad thing, but a better thing to do would be to use slow season wisely and work on the inside of your business kind of back end projects. And that's where website work falls into place. So tell me why getting into this practice and this habit of doing this work in the first quarter is such a good idea for small business owners. Well, I think it's a really good idea if it is your slow season, because you have kind of that capacity, the mental space to start thinking about things. You're already probably thinking about goals for the coming year. Um, So it's a good place to kind of do that reflection on the past year. And you might think like, why does that matter for my website? But really what you can do is look back at what went well for you last year, um, where your inquiries were coming from. If they weren't coming from your website, why? If they were, great. How can we get more of that? And look at like what people said about working with you, why they were excited to work with you, how you can incorporate more of that to keep driving that train. So that's why I think Q1 is a great time to do this. The other reason is because there are just some little like technical things that you really do have to update on your website. So while you're in there, you might as well jump in and do the other stuff as well. Yeah. I love that. I love how you mentioned taking a little time to reflect on what was working and what wasn't working, and then using that to dictate what you're going to do on your website, what changes need to be made because something wasn't working or something that was working really well that you can capitalize on and, and do more of. I think that's so amazing. So I know that you're going to give us a list of things that we should go through and kind of recommended updates. Do you want to give us that list and slowly talk through them? Um, I would love to just kind of, like I mentioned in the beginning, give the listeners homework, right? Let's yeah. let's take this as like, Kate's the professor and she's taking us to, to website school and telling us exactly what we need to do before we start picking up and not having the bandwidth and the time to do these projects. Yeah. So I broke it down for you into three categories. One is do things work? And that's going to be more of the technical stuff. Two is, is the vibe right? Like is the overall feel of everything good? And then number uh, three (laughs) is going to be, is it accurate? So we can then like break those all down into more things. Um, Starting with do things work? Number one, can I find your contact form? Can I find where you're located? Can I get on your site, get the information that I need and book a a session with you. Is it easy for people to understand? And is there no friction? I think that that is something that happens a lot is that like, especially when we're updating our sites ourselves and when we're doing it throughout the year, we maybe added something that just doesn't like go in that spot, but we knew we needed to add it to our site somewhere. Um, So there can be contradictory things, things like that. So Uh, One good way to go through this is there's a couple of tools. One is called Hotjar. It is something that you can install for free on your website on the back end that gives you heat maps. So it shows you like where people are clicking, where they're scrolling, how far they're getting on pages. It also gives you recordings of how people are working through your site. So it sounds creepy, but it's just like showing you a screen recording of someone's computer as they click through your website. 
Um, and there's no personal information or anything like that. So it's not like we're spying on you, but it does give you a good sense of like how people are interacting with your website. So that's a really good one. The other one that I really like, I could never uh, pronounce. It's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S. Um, that website you can also use for free. There's It's connected with your Google Analytics and your Google Search Console. And it really easily shows me like where broken links are, or if I have a picture that doesn't have a link or doesn't have um, SEO data attached to it. Um, and so that is a good one to install to start like seeing the back end of your site and figuring out maybe like where those errors are. And then having make sure making sure that your menus all work, that your links all work, and that everything is still um, up to date. The other like technical part that I said that you really need to adjust at the beginning of the year anyway is going to be like your copyright date in your footer and making sure that like your terms and conditions and your policies are all still accurate. I totally agree that like, especially when you've been in business, the longer you've been in business, this is really the case, but links, you know, like they start off great. You launch a website and everything works. And then just over time, things just get broken. They're not accurate anymore. They don't go to, they don't go anywhere that it's just, that it becomes a mess. And the longer you let that go, the more digging you're going to have, um, to figure out what's broken. Do you have any recommendations? Is there a shortcut or an easy way for, for people that have been blogging for a long time that have links in their blogs to figure out which ones need to be corrected? Or is that just a slow, steady manual process? Yeah. So that, that, um, Ahrefs site that I talked about does show you like where there's a 404 or a broken link. That one is, that's been the easiest way for me. Uh, if you know that you've changed a link to something, I think that you can like do like a control F on a website and look for that particular link. Um, but the Ahrefs shows you like if you had put like click here and it was just like linked text, it will show you that that's what's that linking to a proper page. So that's a really helpful tool for that. Yeah. It makes it a lot faster. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, I've never heard of that hot jar. I, I have heard of, and I have it on my website, but I've never heard of the other one. So that's a really great tip. Thanks for sharing. Okay. So that is going through the section of seeing if everything works, things are broken, updating the year, all of that kind of stuff. So now you want to talk about vibe. What are we looking at on our website to do a vibe check, so to speak? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing is, are the photos still work that you want to do? Has your style changed? Do you need to update the imagery to match what you're wanting to shoot more of? Is there stuff there that you no longer want to shoot? Time to take that down or just outdated you know, like I've had some photos on my website and I look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, that baby's five now. So <laughs> it's probably time to update that photo. Um, so that's a big one. And sometimes we like change genres a little bit or niches and we need to like make sure that the images that we're putting out there are the ones we want to shoot more of. I think that's something that you hear a lot in photography, show what you want to shoot, but on your website, it's really crucial as well. The next thing is going to be uh, your language. Are you speaking to the people that you want to work with? This one can be a little more tricky, um, but think about it as if, like think about the person landing on your website. 
this is where we can kind of look back at those inquiries that we've gotten too and see like if you're getting inquiries that just say how much (laughs) or, (laughs) you know, like I want pictures, like probably the language on your website needs some updating. You want inquiries that say like, oh, I love that you shoot in home or, you know, like you want those inquiries to come in ready to work with you. So having language that represents what you do and who you do it for and clearly explains that and gets people excited is really important. Um, I know that like a picture is worth a thousand words, but the words are really important too. Yeah. Yeah, they are for sure. Yeah. And I think that that gets like pushed to the back burner, especially for photographers, because we do have so many great photos, but people, our, our clients don't have the same eye we do. They need us to explain it to them. And they need us to tell them about the experience and why they want what we have. So the words are very important. The last thing that I'm going to say is what no longer applies on your site. So anything, again, we've got outdated photos, but also things like, you know, different sessions that you may not offer anymore, um, people that you don't want to work with. It's okay to call out the people that you don't want to work with too. Uh, Personally, on my photography website, I say that I'm not here for the picture perfect portrait. Um, I want your messy hair and your chaos. So those are ways that I will call that out. I've had clients in the past that maybe didn't fit that. And so putting that in my language has helped kind of get me the right clients, the people that I really do want to work with. Yeah, I love that. The other thing to remember is, yes, you want clients, you want a potential client to land on your website and to see your images and think, oh my gosh, beautiful work. And then there's the next step. They're going to read. They're not going to just look at a photo and click the contact form. Like they're going to look at a photo or look at some photos and then they're going to say, I want to learn more. So then what's the next step, right? How can you connect with them? Find, this is a great place to talk about, you know, if you're a homeschool mom and you want to pull in a lot of homeschool community, okay, whatever your connection points are, like weave that into your, to your website um, so that they can read more and go, oh my gosh, now I love her work and I totally vibe with this woman, right? Let your personality show. But also words are important for Google. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> the Google absolutely. needs to have the words um, to pull in the right people. It cannot do its job well if you don't give it material to work with. And yeah. Again, gone are the years of if somebody's been in business for 10 plus years, gone are the years where we could just fill our website with gorgeous images and very little words and Google would work. That's not the case anymore. That's not how it goes. And so words are super important. I love that. And updating images. I mean, hi, I've now been in business for 13 years and I don't do this as often as I should, but you guys, it's so important. It's so important to make sure that your newest best work is always showing But also, again, when you're talking about Google, that you have that shows when you're updating your images with that are named with keywords, it shows Google that you are actively adjusting and tweaking your site. We got to keep the Google happy. (laughs) Yeah. All of those, all of those places that you put words on your website are so important for Google to be able to find you. But also we used to have like keyword stuffing where we would just like, you know, there used to be like, you know, a footer in everyone's website serving this town, this town, this town, this town, this town, this town, and this town doing, you know, like 20 keywords all popped in there. And that was, that was what we were supposed to do. But now Google reads our site, AI and like technology has advanced so far that AI is, our Google is reading our site for um, like 
actual language and readability and making sure that what is on there is going to be helpful to someone and not just filling in those keywords. So that's where that, like the words come into play. And like you said, finding that common ground with your client, it's going to make working with them so much better. You're going to have people that you really connect with and that you feel comfortable with and are excited to work with. And they're excited to work with you because you do have something in common, be it homeschooling or what, you know, whatever little thing, any little thing can help them connect to you. Friend, I want to take a quick second to tell you about a new freebie I have that I'm super excited about. Whether you are hoping to launch a new offer this year, or maybe you're just burned out and looking for some creative inspiration, you will love this new freebie, Portfolio on Purpose. This is my exact step-by-step framework for planning and executing a successful model call that I've been teaching my paying students for years. In case you don't know why this is so important, model calls are a great way to do a lot of really positive things in your business. They get fresh eyes on your business. They give you a way to create images that support a new offer that you might want to launch. Model calls give you a place to play and create without the expectations of paying clients. And they're a great way to fine tune your skills and expand your portfolio. The Portfolio on Purpose freebie includes a video, worksheets, checklists, examples, and everything you need to make this process super easy and super successful for you. When you go through Portfolio on Purpose, you will walk away with the knowledge of what the benefits of model calls are, how they can support your business, creativity, and growth, how to create one that pulls in the right people, how to keep it organized, including a step-by-step workflow. At the end of this freebie, you will feel inspired to take action and have the steps and tools necessary to successfully put the model call out, find the right models, and most importantly, get the images you are looking for. If you're hoping to run a model call or maybe a few this year, head over to sabrinagebhart.com backslash model dash freebie to get yours today. Okay, back to the show. So we've talked about making sure things are working. We've talked about vibe. The third grouping of things that, you, that we need to work on is checking for accuracy. So what falls under that umbrella? Yeah. So pricing is a big one. If you have pricing on your site, which I do recommend having some kind of price point. Personally, I feel that a starts at price and a most people spend is the best way to go. It's been what's worked best for me. Uh, but I I hate when I land on a website and there's no pricing. Um, <laughs> But and that is also a way that you can make it so that when you do update your pricing throughout the year, your website's maybe not so far off um, right. and you don't have to change as much. So you have like just a, a starting rate and a most people spend uh, on your pricing. Two is making sure your locations are all accurate, that your location is on every single page of your website as a photographer. That's really important. What's worse than landing on a website and not knowing if that person can serve you or not because you don't know where they are. The next one is going to be session details. So maybe, you know, maybe throughout the year, your processes have changed. You now do a Zoom call or you now do all email or, you know, something has probably changed within your session details and your experience. So making sure that's accurate. And then um, your offers, making sure that like we just talked about your uh, niches and your genres that you're offering are all clear and present and that it's easy for people to understand what it is that you offer. And then lastly is like 
old announcements or, um, you know, like banners. I have been guilty of like putting up a fall sessions now booking and then fall season ends. And it's like, hey, it's January, lady. <laughs> like, are right. you booking for fall of this year? Or, you know, right. like um, that's a big one. Any schedulers maybe that you've put into blog posts or um, on pages, those are good to pull down. Any like landing pages that are no longer in use, pull those down. You don't want anything that's like bulking down your site that is no longer accurate. Yeah, that's so helpful. So you just went through a whole long list of things, right? And I agree with all of them. I 100% support your list. But this is time-consuming stuff. This is touching every page of our website. This is doing a little bit of digging. This is updating, finding images to pull. This is a lot of work. This is a big project. So the first thing I know that's going to happen, there are going to be some listeners that hear this and they are like, yes, I need to do this. But oh my gosh, I don't even know how. Do you think that people should just outsource this? Like reach out to their website designer and be like, can you just do these things for me? Or do you think it's a worthwhile effort to like, learn to do it yourself and take ownership or somewhere in between? I think that there's a time and a place for both, but I do think it's really important to have a website that you understand the back end of, that you know how to work, um, because maybe uh, you're going to need to change your pricing or something throughout the year quick um, without having to hire somebody out. So it's really important that you do have a feel for how everything works and that you can do it yourself. It can be time consuming, but if you break it down into like little things, go page by page, take a page a day, something like that, um, it can really help make that easier and more manageable. If we're going to go the DIY route, if somebody has, let's say somebody had their site designed for them, so they haven't really ever gotten inside, right? It's, It's a little bit scary. What advice do you have for them getting started? Like, are we just going to the University of YouTube? Because that has come a a long way, (laughs) right? Um, Or reaching out and taking a course or like, like, where do they start with, with becoming empowered to be able to do this, the stuff themselves? Yeah. A lot of it's going to depend on the platform that their website is built on. Some are much easier to manage than others. I personally show it and recommend it for all my clients because it is so easy to drag and drop, to change things, to swap out photos. All of that is so easy on the back end of show it. Other platforms, you probably are going to have to hire um, your designer back or maybe like a lot of designers do offer like a a retainer so that you can contact them once a month or whatever to do updates on your site. Uh, I find like WordPress sites are harder to manage. Um, There's more that needs to be updated with those like plugins and things. That's another thing we didn't even talk about on making sure things work, making sure all of your plugins are updated. If you're using WordPress on your blog, show it uses WordPress as a blog. So updating your plugins is big there. You can turn them on to automatically update with show it and should be fine. But if you have like a straight WordPress website, that maybe is not the best idea. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's just like automatic updates on WordPress sites can crash a site. So yeah. So really it's, If you want to learn your platform, there is a lot on YouTube. Contacting your designer and asking for help and asking them to teach you is another option. Um, And then I help with show it (laughs) if that's something you want to learn. Yeah. I, I am somebody who's had all of the above in the past. I had a WordPress site for, 
I don't know, six or seven years. And then I moved to Squarespace and then I moved to show it. Um, so I have experienced the back end of the three majors and um, show it is not even on the same planet as the other two, as far as usability um, and ease. And I am not a tech person. Okay. <laughs> I am not a tech person. And yet I have very quickly adapted and learned. And I have my show at site was built, I guess, 18 months ago. And since then I have confidently created probably 20 pages from start from scratch on my own, made tons of website updates, embedded stuff. I mean, it is so easy to yeah. learn and it's just so intuitive. It's so intuitive. It so if you think that 2024 is the year that you're ready to have a new website that you can feel confident and empowered and learn how to do, even if you're not a techie, this is the plug for show it. This is the yeah. plug for show it. <laughs> and like Kate mentioned at the start of the episode, she's going to have a template shop launching soon. Do you have a date for that? Um, I'm hoping for later this week, but we'll see how that goes. Okay. It's so by so... the time this airs, you may yes. actually already have a site. Yes, okay. Hopefully. So, fingers crossed. Okay. Right? Fingers crossed. That's <laughs> exciting. So friends, we'll make sure to put a link in the show notes um, when that's live. So I want to go back to finding the time to do all these changes. Um, you mentioned, you know, doing a page a day or setting aside a couple of days, a chunk of time. And we're talking about this in the first quarter as like a big project, right? To do it all now. What if we want to get really good and really intentional and do these changes on a monthly basis or on a quarterly basis? Like what would you recommend for best case cadence and frequency for really getting in there and making changes on our website? So if you sign up for that AHRFs, the free um, program, it will send you a weekly or I'm not, I can't even remember how often it sends. It sends you an email with anything that's like funky or needs to be fixed. So that's one way to kind of put it on your schedule. When I get that email, I go look and fix whatever needs to be fixed. And so I know that things are working. Um, at best case scenario, though, to me is quarterly to just go in and check things. With that, I will say that if you really want to help yourself out as you are shooting sessions and editing sessions, have a folder on your desktop with favorites from each session. And then when you do go to update your website, it's so much faster and easier um, because you already have the photos all chosen. It just makes it way easier than sorting through old galleries and all of that. Um, you can also rename them at that time. Just like make it easier for yourself by doing it as you go. Um, but yeah, quarterly should be plenty. Uh, another way to like get yourself excited about doing this in Q1 um, is to write a blog post with your best of for 2023. You can say best newborn photography of 2023. And that's a fabulous keyword, right? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's like your best newborn photography, but it does show up on Google um, and it helps people find you. So that's a really great way to kind of start calling all of your favorites from the past year. If you haven't been keeping up with that. That's a really great idea. Okay. This has been great. You've given us some really great advice some really great homework. Um, and I, Love that we gave a little plug for show it because we both love them. Um, you were there. Were you were you there 
at reset when I was like, okay, I'm fine. I'm moving to show it. Okay. I thought you were. (laughs) Okay. Kate and I were together at reset conference 2022, I guess. And, um, I had gone into that conference being like, well, I'm considering making a move to show it. And then a mutual friend of ours showed us the inside of her show it at the time. And I was like, okay, I already know what to do. This looks so intuitive. I immediately was ready to make the change. And I was talking to the show at vendors at the conference about making the change. And I came home and we just ripped the bandaid off. Um, which is so fun. So, and it's been a great move. Um, and I, so I love that we gave them a little plug in this. Um, I love to end a chat with some rapid fire questions and all of last year I used the same questions. So we're mixing it up for 2024. Um, and since it's early in the year, we're kind of doing a little bit of a theme. I would love to know if you have a word of the year planned and if so, what is it? I do. My word is visible, which, um, kind of, you know, it's what like, I don't know about you, but like my word kind of comes to me or like shows up for me. And that's what is speaking to me for this year. Last year it was connection. And I really loved like diving into that and getting me outside of my comfort zone. And this one visible definitely will push me outside of my comfort zone a little as well. And like, I was reflecting on this today. I actually wrote an email about it (laughs) this morning, but it feels like, you know, kind of arrogant or boastful to be like, I'm going to show up and I'm going to show everybody what I'm doing. But at the same time, it's more coming from a place of, I'm looking at it from a place of that no one's going to know that I can help them if I don't tell them that I have Mm. these offers. Yeah. And they probably need what I have. So I have to be visible. And that's where that word is coming from for me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. That gave me like chills. Like you have to be visible so that you can serve the people that need you. That's so amazing. I love that. Bravo. Great word. Um, what are you most looking forward to about this year? Uh, I think I'm feeling like really clear on what I offer now. Um, so that's exciting and really like being able to dive into working with my students in my DIY program and helping people with templates that is lighting me up. And I'm so excited about that. Oh, that's awesome. I love, I love that you have some clarity and that, that part of that is coming from this new expansion that's growing and it's something that you're excited about and that you're feeling in flow and creatively excited. That's, that's just wonderful because, you know, as entrepreneurs, like we can get stuck in a rut because we start a business and then it starts working well, which is great. And then we're afraid to change anything, right? Because it's, because it is working well, but you're to a point where you've confidently stepped into something new and I love that you're loving it. That's awesome. It's exciting. (laughs) What is something that you are leaving behind in last year that's not coming with you into 2024? Oh, that's a good question and hard one. What am I leaving behind? I don't know, Sabrina. <laughs> okay, I'll give you mine and Let maybe it'll inspire you. <laughs> yeah. I am leaving behind over commitments. This is something that I preach to my students all the time and have completely gotten in the bad habit of it. It's something that I've always struggled with my whole life. Part of it is a people pleasing thing, but then part of it is feeling worthy and successful for doing and, um, almost over committing as like, like I'm 
addicted to it, if you will. Um, and last year just really, I was a 2023 was a great year for me and my business, but I struggled with over, I struggled with overcommitment a lot. So, um, we are not doing that this year. We are paying attention to our time boundaries, paying attention to what I need and how something is going to potentially drain my energy or make me not be able to serve my clients, my students, my family. So I'll be saying no a lot this year, which is going to be really hard. <laughs> Hold yeah. me accountable to that. Okay. Um, so did that inspire you? Did anything yes. come up? Okay. Yeah. So I think mine really relates back to my visible word um, in that I am not hiding in 2024. I'm yeah. leaving behind hiding behind my computer. I love that. I love that. It's an easy thing to do. You know, it's an easy thing to do. And I think even as people who enjoy being around other people, right, we're not hermits, but it's easy to just kind of fall in the habit of like, this is my little safe space. My kids are at school. My house is quiet. I'm just going to put on my headphones and listen to music and jam out and do my thing and, you know, not be out in the world and not be sharing ourselves and connecting with people. So good for you. I love it. All right, my friend, this has been a great chat. I knew it was going to be. I would love for you to share the best place for people to connect with you and how they can work with you. Yeah, you can find me on my website, obviously, at dearkatebrandstrategy.com or on Instagram at dearkatebrandstrategy. I'm also on TikTok when I remember. Um, <laughs> it's my favorite place to consume content, but I'm not always posting there lately. But um, And then the ways that you can work with me. I do offer done for you website design. I do a website in a week offer. Um, and then I have my website launch accelerator where I work with you, uh, in a group setting. We have like two weekly coaching calls where you can hop on and ask questions as you design your site. It's a curriculum plus coaching. So it walks you through how to build your website from the strategy to the copy to the design and then the SEO on top of it. So it's a really robust program that helps you get your show at site up in about four weeks. Um, and then the last thing is my template shop, which hopefully is launched by the time this airs. Um, and you can find that on my website at Dear Kate Branch Strategy. Awesome. I will make sure to have all those linked in the show notes. Thank you for being here today, my friend. It thank was you, a great chat and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Shoot It Straight podcast. You can find all the full show notes and details from today's episode at sabrinagebhardt.com backslash podcast. Come find me and connect over on the gram at Sabrina Gebhardt Photography. If you're loving the podcast, I'd be honored if you hit that subscribe button and leave me a review. Until next time, my friends, shoot it straight.